BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome you. Welcome back, everybody, to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. We are in the bowels of the Columbus Art Council and we're here to do a little celebrating. I've got Toby Hartle Road of Hartle Road, and we're here to talk about the new album, Max 2. Uh, proud of yourself? Hello. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess the record's been out a little over a month now. Um, going well. You know, we're really excited to be, uh, I mean, the songs are so old, so, you know, it almost feels surreal to finally have it out there, but uh, it's good. It's doing well. It's gotten to shows. People seem to be responding positively to it. Um, you know, just very fortunate. And just just to start it out, man, um, take me back to y'all did this out west on the west coast, right? We recorded it at our house, okay, in Columbus at the old house, Pompeii. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Gibson, dude. We were talking about that when he was on, oh, like yeah. the the origins, like you know, he he would do the house shows, and yeah, then yeah, y'all yeah. took the house shows yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, we, talked we had to, the elbow room. I mean, we had a yeah. little rotating scene at that point like venues and that was um, when i first moved back to columbus and like i still look back on those days fondly and it's almost like hell i was just coming back but it's like i didn't realize how good we had it then yeah yeah <laughs> now i don't think any of us did I, you know um and some of it's the pandemic i mean the pandemic really really changed some of the makeup of the town, a lot of people moved away. You know, you talk about Dustin Gibson. I mean, he's moved away. He was a really good community guy. Really, you know, he's always there. Um, you know, now, yeah, I mean, we have no venues, so you know, you do what you can. I mean, obviously, you know, our house shows are good at the new house, um, but I mean, it gets tough to do those all the time. You know, when you're working and we're all working forty hours a week, so getting older. Yeah, getting older. Um, you know, I mean, we'll continue to do them for sure, but, you know, uh, it'd be a lot easier if we had a venue, for sure, to, like, you know, split the difference, basically. You do one a month, you know, one month over here, one month over there. I agree. Um, we did have a good, I mean, yeah, between Dustin's house, yeah, Pompeii, I mean, things were really popping off over there and uh, getting good bands. And, you know, there's bands now. I mean, there's good bands touring now. Um, that hit us up a lot. Some of the some of the guys that like at the new house, or I went to I think the last Pompeii house show before the, uh-huh. the tree fell on it. Uh-huh. Uh, and even the Jacuzzi Boys at the Princess, like uh-huh. some of the touring talent y'all have brought in is just unreal. I mean, like Jacuzzi Boys. I mean, they're affiliated with like Jack White's label now, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, um, it's like real deal. And like when I talk, when I share Harder Road with you know people who aren't familiar, I was like. 
this is really a a musician's band. I was like, you, you'd be amazed at like how many people are like tuned in. Like Matt Patton's into it, and like yeah. Taylor Hollinsworth over in Birmingham. There's a lot of my Birmingham friends. Like oh, yeah. anytime we're talking about Columbus, y'all come up. Oh yeah, I mean I've known Taylor and Matt over ten years now. Yeah, um, I mean you know the touring circuit is a small world, so you just you know you end up meeting each other and. You know, it's always nice to get a show. I mean, I, you know, I've told people for years now, I feel like, you know, if you can, you know, because, like, you know, when you're a band, you normally don't, you know, you wouldn't want to waste, like, think about it. You don't want to, you know, and I don't mean waste as in a negative way, but, like, you don't want to waste a Friday night in Columbus, Mississippi. But, you know, you can get a band for, on a Tuesday night and be like, you know, we'll give you 300 bucks. We can make you 300 bucks. We can make you 400 bucks. As you're passing no through. No problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're in the plus, you know. So, you know, it's, it's really easy to do it. I, you know, I think it could go on now. I mean, we just we just played with uh, a really good band. I've known them for a while, too. They're, it's a different band now. I knew them when they started out as Loudness War. But they're out of Baton, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Split. Um, we played with them. They've got a new record out. Really good record, really cool, like no wave kind of punk stuff. We played with them at nine two nine last Thursday, and it was good. I think we made start them three. with DIY. Have their hands on it uh, a little bit, yeah. I mean, we set it up through them. You know, yeah. they reached out to us. Shout out to those boys. You yes. know, like young cats who are just trying to mm-hmm. create something. Oh yeah, man. Lishman has been at every show. I think we've played Starful since the first time. You know, he's they're good boys. They're you know good kids, hungry. Um. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, things are popping off over there. I mean, that's you know that. I mean, I'd probably be a lot more angry all the time if we didn't have Starful right now. Which is so funny because you know Starf. I mean, you know, like when you're talking about like Pompeii era, Elbow Room era. I mean, I mean Starful's doing nothing. It's strictly jam bands at Dave's. Like we don't, you know, we don't play there. Like nothing going on. Mm-hmm. You know. Whereas now, and Starful's cool right now because it's a lot of it's centered, not in the bars I mean think, some things go on at Dave's but I would say it's more the towny spot like I mean we, we had a really good show at Dave's a few months ago and we'll continue to play Dave's but you know like we did a record release show I guess it was October 5th on a Friday we played Star for Arts Council I think it was over 100 people paid so and who knows how many people came in you know but I mean it was packed so you know it's just cool to be doing stuff in more unconventional you know that's kind of what you have to do that's that's something that I've kind of learned from Joe McGowan and uh, even the start with DIY guys. Like they'll reach out sometimes asking about different venues and like different places to oh, play. Yeah. Oh yeah, and not just being unconventional for the sake of doing it, but and that's I mean, utility. Something I mean, they need it, you know. Something that Joe taught me was like people like music, people mm-hmm. like art, mm-hmm. and you have you combine you, you have these downtown mm-hmm. art spaces, art spaces, and it's like hey. Mind if we come play some music sometime? Oh, yeah. No, and exactly. I've never been told no. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, honestly, like, we obviously we have this, you know, Columbus Arts Council thing with the, uh, what's it called, the Omnova Theater upstairs, you know. And, hope I mean, you know, our show last month was really good up there. I feel like Salem would let us do more stuff there, which, you know, you got to, Columbus is a little finicky, you know. Um, you just have to make a little money. You have to make a lot of money at all. Um, and I'm not even necessarily talking about making money for yourself. I mean, you just got to make money to give people a reason to come. If not, you know, you want to keep them in the plus, like you want to keep people on the road. You don't want people paying to play shows. Like Columbus is a town where people are very content with like the musicians pay to play essentially. And you know, that's never how we've done things like ever. I mean, I've, you know, 
I know Max has gone to the bank. You know, if we didn't make money at Pompeii, Max would go to the bank, withdraw $200 and pay the man. You know, but some people really struggle with that. People with a lot more money than I do, you know, than I have. Like, it's just a weird... But, like, that's what, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't... You know, some of that is just... Uh, culture as a whole I mean you know if you you pay $10 a month you can have any music you want I think it creates a weird dynamic of like paying for music you know you're not used to it like you kind of have to like create that culture you have to really push that you know and there's towns I mean like Memphis or something you know where people obviously are used to paying cover you know there should be no reason why we couldn't play anywhere in town and say we're going to charge man yeah I I agree with that and like uh, man lately I've been hanging around down in Hattiesburg quite a bit Mm -hmm. and I've like Those right, kids get people paid. Well, uh, the downtown scene has been renovated. It's being renovated for, I think, the past five years. Okay. And so, like, those bars and some of those uh, events that they're doing now, you know, they're beginning to charge covers again. Uh-huh. And, man, same thing as, like, what you're expressing. Like, some of the bands or singer-songwriters are expressing. It's like, if it was free, it would have been packed, but people are not willing to pay a cover. Right. Yeah. I do think the younger people are a little better at that somehow. I don't know why that is. Um, I'm sure there's a million different reasons for that. You know, and I mean, a lot of people just, you know, Columbus is a town where you go out to, you know, get hammered and see your friends, you know. So it's you kind of, yeah, you have to just be slow with these people too. Like, you know, not being rude. It comes in waves. It seems like Columbus gets red hot for music. Yeah, and then it's absolutely And then it dies, and then, like, you know, I'm thankful for what Jamie Nettles does as a Sunstroke House, Mm -hmm. bringing in, you know, very similar to what y'all do at the new house. It's Mm -hmm. like out-of-towners. You want something new? You want something that you could see in New York City Mm -hmm. or Miami? Hey, we got it. Come on. Yeah, Yeah, Jamie's good about having her ear to the ground. Um, She's got a good setup, too. I mean, that's a good, you know, the feeding people. That's how to make bands come back. Um, you know, like what we do, I think, is a little maybe more. I don't want to say underground or something, but you know, definitely more youth. It feels it feels more underground. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it always packs out. Yeah, and I'll say this is like uh, I mean, we were talking a little bit about it before uh, hit the red button, but uh, that's the only events in town where I see the W kids come out and support. Yeah. Or wherever y'all are, I'm sure, like, here at the Art Council, I'm sure they came out for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, some of them do, you know, and that's, I mean, that's a recent thing, you know, that did not, I mean, I feel like we, the first Pompeii show is probably 2017, 2016, it's when we moved into that house, and we, I mean, we started doing shows pretty quick when we moved in, and. You know, we lived at the time, the W had like a little uh, program where they were bringing students over from Nepal. They ended up canceling the program, which was a huge cultural loss. But I mean, some of it, you know, those kids would stay one year and they transfer out to another university. But again, I would do the same thing. But, uh, you know, so when we lived in Pompeii, when we first moved in, I swear it was like 10 to 12 Nepali kids moved in next door i mean they were always at the shows like for that for that year and you know if you just yeah i mean you know i feel like if you can if you can be like you know i know 30 people are going to show up it just gives you a lot of leeway Mm -hmm. to like go from there you're always going to be covered you know what i'm saying Yeah, it's the same thing at like at going back to jamie for a second at the sunstroke house is like if you know that they're going to have that many people 
you can you can guarantee so many dollars. Yeah, and that's that's in, that's insurance for them. Yeah, yeah, no question. That's exactly what it is. Man, I go back uh, to Pompeii recording Max Two, and like I've seen some of the equipment that y'all record on. Of uh, what uh, what made y'all fall in love with like the process of recording that way? Um, and if you don't mind, like sharing like the kind of equipment and stuff that y'all like to use. Well, we, uh, you know, at first, I mean, you know, it, I guess it goes back to, you know, Max, I guess, or really even before that. I mean, you know, we would go into the studio. We're, we've been going to studios, I guess, since a young age. I mean, the first, you know, we were, you know, we started our little high school band or whatever. It was like Motion Sickness, and then we changed it to The Motions, and we recorded a Motions record out in Austin, Texas, in 2007 and 2008 like a week each year, like basically over like a four-month period. And, uh, you know, we had a good time. I feel like that's, you know, really when we kind of learned how to craft songs. But then we did some stuff. I mean, that we didn't really put out anything until, because I mean, I, I guess that CD came out in 2008. And then we... Didn't put anything else out till I guess 2012 or 2013 when we did that Big Legal Mess EP. Um, it was own Big Legal Mess out of Oxford. Um, and that was Harbor Road, but it was... Uh, How'd that come about? How'd you get hooked up with those guys? We, uh, Matt Patton. Yeah, uh, we recorded. Patton produced it. Um, we were working at Dialback Sound. It's before Patton owns it, so it was when Bruce Watson owned it. And but you know we kind of came into this really transition period doing that like we when we first started that EP it was a guy named Lynn Bridges who's kind of like an Alabama legend like recording legend I mean he taught Max and Miles I feel like all they know we really you know and he was really good about like sitting us down and being like this is how you do this if you want to do this this is how you do this and then you know he had some you know substance issues or whatever. Or, you know, it was just rough life. I mean, you know, the music world is rough on people. Really, really rough on people. And, uh, you know, he ends up leaving. Um, they bring in another guy. And, the, you know, it was just never, it was never really the same. And, it, you know, even when we put out that EP, we just, you know, we knew, like, it was just weird. I mean, it just, you know, it wasn't Patton's fault. I, it wasn't our fault, I don't think. I don't think it was... The other guy who ended up coming in to work on it, so I don't think it's Bruce Watson. Kind of put something out that you weren't real proud of. Yeah, just, and you know, then we, I mean, within a month of that coming out, we went and bought a four track cassette recorder. And uh, at first, we were really just doing demos on the four track. And uh, I mean, eventually, that's what max the first max record that's what that came out of i mean it's all on four track there's two songs on it that are dumped to 16 tracks we do get that 16 track one inch machine that cuts max too we get that around that time too but that's a lot of fun too and like yeah i love that like i guess i would be considered an audiophile because Mm -hmm. like i love that about some people's work is like just layering those tracks like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it provides a it's a better listening experience. Well, you know, analog too. It it presents so many limitations, which is good. You know, I don't. I mean, you know, I'm kind of an old head, so like records that I listen to and records that I engage with are like, you know, I mean, most of them are recorded analog. 
so like if I hear an analog record, that sounds like a record to me. If I hear a digital record, that you know sounds like a computer to me. It does you know it's really sterile. I mean you know you can do digital well. I don't really think people are doing digital well at all these days. But I mean early digital, Thriller, something like that sounds freaking incredible. You know some of that late '80s stuff. I mean I think what Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits is a digitally recorded record in the '80s. That sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. But that those those people are gone like yeah. that. You know, that type of care. You know, now you just have a bunch of, like, formally educated people around my age and uh, older, and who don't, you know, but that doesn't mean you know what you're doing. Like, you know, you, you're, like, learning it in a formal setting, but you didn't, like, grow up with it. You didn't, like, you know, learn how to use your tools, you know. So it's just weird, man. I mean, that's why, you know, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't. I mean, some people think our process is absolutely absurd. And, it, you know, it is. I mean, it's expensive. It's expensive-ish. I mean, it's expensive to go into a studio. You know, you spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You spend three, four, five hundred dollars $500 a day going to the studio. So we avoid that entirely. We just have tape costs, basically. You know, maintaining our gear. Um, and, you know, like the Match 2 record um, is cool because it's, you know, it is recorded to one-inch tape. It is mixed to quarter inch tape and the master for the LP is the lacquer is cut from that quarter inch tape so there's nothing there's you not a lose single, nothing no, no digital I mean no, you know it never was digitized I mean you know now, I mean obviously it's on Spotify and stuff that's a digital master that's not what's on the LP though the LP is the analog master so well where are those LPs located I got them in storage yet are, um, are they available yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can buy them from the K Records store. Um, I think you can buy, you know, these are, this is really a max question, but uh, I think, you know, we have some on our band camp. There, uh, Friendly City Books has some. Scooters Records has some. Yeah, End of All Music in Oxford has some. Guitar Gallery in Tuscaloosa. I'm going to go direct. Some. I want to get one directly from y'all, man. Yeah. Uh, man, congratulations, man, on the sound. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even like like you said, digitally listen to it on a Spotify. It's, there, and like you said, and, and this is kind of the question I wanted to poise to you and see what you thought about it. The 70s, uh, you can turn on music or even you can look at a picture of the culture and mm-hmm. you can immediately know that's the 70s. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The 80s, mm-hmm. the same. Same thing. 90s, the same. Same thing, yeah, flannel. And... The kind of pants I got on now, they got holes around mm-hmm, the knees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the 2000s? Starting to get a little faceless. Faceless? Yeah. Do you think it's because of the internet? Um, maybe. I mean, somewhat. I think a lot of that or is Or what just... kind of homogenized culture to where it's like you, you can't tell... You can't tell 2001 from 2023. Yeah. I mean, we well, you know... We just, we're just in a constant era of repackaging stuff now. You know, I feel like the '80s were hip a couple years ago when that, whatever that Stranger Things crap was coming up out. You know, the '80s were really hip. You know, I'm sure the '90s are hip now. I mean, and I mean, look at what they do to us in the film industry now. Like they just throw nostalgia at us. Like they'll, oh yeah, you know, they'll reboot these movies that have already been done. It's not even a new idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think literature, film, and music. And maybe even visual art in general, you know, is all basically the same. But it's all the same, you know. And uh, I don't think, 
that there aren't cool things being made today, but I think... Oh, I'm not saying that. It's just, like, it's hard for me to, like... If I'm looking at, it, let's just say, a magazine... Oh, it's hard to from, find, man. Yeah, it's... Well, it's hard to sift through. There's so much other crap to sift through, you know, and, you know, you go into a record store, I and mean, it's just, like, friggin', you know, Taylor Swift re-recordings just everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, re-recording her catalog. It's bizarre. You know, that used to be kind of... I don't know, man. Jeff Lynn got a lot of shit for re-recording that ELO stuff, as he should. They're all inferior. It's just a weird, weird dynamics today. You know, I mean, I, I get that it's framed as like a empowerment, right? She's taking her music back from that manager or whatever, which is fine. But like, I don't know, man. She already made millions of dollars, right? You know, like she does. You know, I mean, yeah. what? Like, am I supposed to, you know, pat someone on the back for making millions of dollars? I don't know. That feels weird. That's very bourgeois. It it kind of and then like uh, and to talk about the tour, I mean, it's its own economy. You know, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I know, you know, people say, you know, that stuff. I mean, you talk to a lot of people who own record stores, man. They'll tell you like she kept record stores in business over the pandemic, like making that, you know. But it's like, dude, but like, it's disturbing that that's what we have to rely on. That's the disturbing part, you know. Like that shouldn't be celebrated. It's like disturbing, you know. But, I agree. But I don't, you know, I really don't know if there's any. I mean, you know, it's kind of consumerist culture in general, and. uh it's easier to repackage than, you know, do something original. I don't, you know, because I wouldn't even, I mean, you know, we're an original band, but like, I love, and to some degree, nothing is original. You know, all great art steals, everybody's listening to each other, you know, you're always inspired by stuff you're hearing, you know what I'm saying? Man, so, like, some of the songs that y'all do, I mean, it takes me back to, like, different eras of time, like, I, like sometimes, like, I'd be like... I feel like the police or someone from that era kind of yeah. kind of influenced uh, our, yeah. you know, like, uh, I mean, hell, you and I have taught, like, just ideas, like, fun things that y'all might want to do, like, maybe a doo-wop or, like, yeah. and I was yeah. like, that's that's awesome. But, like, that's not, like, a, that's not a repackage, in my opinion. That's, like, you're almost, like, dusting something off at this point. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I mean, we come at it from a standpoint where we really do appreciate it, you know, like, even... I mean, we recorded, I feel like, six or seven doo-wop songs, all from the same band, Robert and Johnny, from the 50s in New York. And, I mean, we covered it. You know, it's pretty, you know, somewhat, I guess, you know, uh, you know, we're creative with it, I guess. But, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of it is pretty, you know, um, standard to the material. I mean, you know, it's the same songs, and like, but we love the music. We're not trying to act like we're writing this music. You know what I'm saying? We and love the music, so why wouldn't we play the music? Yeah. You know? Um, wouldn't be real. Yeah, yeah. And also, man, like, just, I, I wonder if it's the process of the way that y'all record, uh, and it being analog when I see you live. Uh-huh. It's just as good or better live than what it was, like, I on, think it makes you have to be a band, for sure. You know, like, you have to be, you know, I mean... We've had people come in, you know, and try to record using the tape machines, and you know, some people can't do it. I mean, it's just you know, because you can't you can't hide anything. You know, we're not gonna can't quantize those drums. You know what I'm saying? There's just little things you can't auto tune. You know, um, so I do think it makes you yeah rely on yourself more, which makes you a better musician. Um, What's the uh, tell us about the lineup? Who's all in? Uh, so it's me, I play guitar, and I sing. 
I play a little synth here and there sometimes. Um, Max on drums, he probably he probably plays other things on the record. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I'm sure you know he plays guitar. I mean, he he's a multi instrumentalist. Um, he sings as well. Miles plays bass, plays some guitar as well, sings a lot, um, plays some keys, plays some synth, and Tyler Carter sings a little bit, plays a little guitar, plays a lot of guitar. I mean, most of the lead guitar is him for sure, um, and he he plays keys as well. We all do a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, we're, I'm really lucky. To, I mean, they're all great players. I know you, Max, brothers, and then mm-hmm. Miles. Cousin. Pl- cousin. Uh, mm-hmm. Carter, man. How, how did y'all meet? Um, Tuscaloosa. Mellow Mushroom. 2010. It was, he had a band. He was in high school. He had a band called The Brooms. And The Motions played with him. And just kind of kept in touch. You know, eventually we. What struck you? Uh, we had another guitar player. I mean, I knew he was a good guitar player as soon as I saw him. You know, I knew he could play guitar. You know, and yeah, I mean, it's just like eventually we, I mean, I think we were a five piece at that point, and we eventually whittled it down to a three piece. It was, you know, me and Max and Miles alone, and then we wanted someone else, and he's just always been doing it ever since. I mean, he really, you know, He's a really good player. You know, I've never – we've never really played with anyone who we didn't have to tell what to do, you know. And now we're so far removed from that. I don't know if I could ever go back to that, you know. But, like – Yeah, going he, from that going from that three-piece to adding Carter, like mm-hmm. when when y'all were going through your head with that, was it like we want to – we want to – we want more sound or like um, the expertise of it or like what really – what made you want to branch out? I think we just really liked him as a player, you know? I mean, I just felt, you know, I think we all just felt he could add, you know, we like he can add stuff that we can't that's beneficial for the songs. I mean, he's really good. He, You know, I, I mean, he never, I mean, I've never, I don't think I've ever looked at him and been like, I don't like that, don't play that. I've, I don't think I've ever said that to him. You know, I don't think, he, you know, so. And we're, you know, we're pretty particular people. Like, you know, just from, like, you know, the way we record and everything. Like, we're very, very particular. So it's impressive that we, you know, never had an issue. But, I mean, you know, I, he's he's just a great guitar player. I cannot, you know. But he's a great keys player, too. He's, he's got a great voice. I mean, he sings. Um, just a really positive presence, man. You know, I've played with people, too, where you're, you know, you're playing. And, you know, some people are just, like, uncomfortable with, like, doing new things so you know you get somebody and it's like you got this new song and it's like you know they're just kind of Debbie Downers because you know and it's coming from insecurity because they don't know what to do right they don't know what to do so but like that really taints like that can really heavily taint the creative process Tyler Carter is the polar opposite of that he's very positive like you know we bring a song you know and he I mean he writes a little bit you know we, we haven't recorded uh, a song, you know, explicitly written by him yet. Um, How's that process work? Is it you, Max, and Miles? Like, y'all? it's collaborative. I collaborative. Mean, yeah, I mean, I think um, Miles normally comes in with a more fully formed. Uh, I mean, because Max and Miles both record demos of their stuff constantly. I don't really ever do that. I should, but I don't. Um, 
I feel like, yeah, Miles is a little more form. Max is more like he'll record demo ideas and then we'll flesh them out as a band. Miles kind of comes in and it's like, you're playing this or whatever. I mean, he didn't say that, but like, you know, he's got, if he comes to you with a four track demo, he's got, you know, guitar part, bass part, drum part. So it's, you know, you just kind of play like, oh, I'm going to play that. This episode of Porch Talk is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Caldera Lab. If you go to calderalab.com, slash porch uh, at checkout you can use promo code porch and save 20% off your total purchase order a little bit about caldera lab it was clinically tested to work on dry normal and oily skin nine out of ten men who tried this product continue to do so and they could tell a difference uh, with their skin uh, there's an improvement in the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles, elasticity, dark spots, skin tone, and more. It really helped me out with the crow's feet and the wrinkles on my forehead. I have been using the good for about a week now, and they also uh, sent me the clean slate icon and the base layer. And uh, I've never really been into skincare products. I was excited to give Caldera Lab a shot, and I'm glad I did. And so as you get a little bit older like myself, um, maybe you would like to give these skincare products a try for your face. And maybe you'll tell a difference just like I am. Uh, I'm 32, but I'm currently looking about 23. So uh, look out for me. Once again, if you go to calderalab.com slash porch, use promo code porch and you'll save 20% off of your purchase order. Back to the show. It's um, it's it's interesting with y'all songs, man. It kind of like it. You brought up Dire Straits or like just going back to bands like that. It seems like to me, uh, and I'm not accusing of every band today of not doing this, but uh, it's like there's this weird prototype that everyone picked up from pop music to where mm-hmm. it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, mm-hmm. and Oh, screw a bridge or screw a breakdown or mm-hmm. it's like, but I mean, you're you're good. Y'all are good to go on that. Yeah, well, we like you know we like kind of aimlessly jamming at times. We like playing, so you know we will go into extended sections. You know, and we do a lot of instrumentals. I mean, you know, there's uh, instrumental on the first Max record. There's an instrumental on Max two, kind of. I mean, there's a vocal melody on it, but it's it's instrument. I mean, it's not. There's no lyrics to it. It's an instrumental. So, uh, you know, we yeah, we just like playing. You know, there's no there's no you know blueprint for what to do. I mean, there's still you know there, we like bands. We listen to a lot of music. You know, so we try to emulate. Sometimes you know we're like, okay, this is a you know let's go for a television vibe on this one or let's go for the talking heads on this one or it's just it tends to be what we're listening to at the moment um and uh are y'all uh would you consider yourself like maybe a purist like with whose music you ingest like just as far as people that influence you are you kind of open to new things or are i mean i've constantly listened to music that is new to me but it's not new you know, but I'm constantly finding like music. How do you find it? Um, <laughs> I have a large want list on Discogs. I don't know if you know what Discogs is. Oh, but yeah. I have a very, very large want list. So, you know, if I get some money here and there, I'll. You know, some of it is stuff that people have heard a lot, man. I mean, you know, like uh, I never. 
I never did the Pixies. You know, we never really did the Pixies. So I got Surfer Rosa on CD maybe three or four months ago. And it's a great record. It's I mean, a fun you know, one. Yeah, it's a great record. I mean, I'm listening to it in my truck right now. But, you know, I'd never listened to that, really. I mean, I knew Where's My Mind. I knew, you know, Gigantic or something. I knew some of the hits. But, you know, so just doing that, like, you know, I don't know, man. There's I tell you, so a 90s much. band I've been into, uh-huh. heavy, like for the past two weeks, uh-huh. Semisonic. Okay, I've and not, seen the name. I've never... And, and not Closing Time, and that's what everybody knows them okay, by. Okay, okay, I know this. But, uh, like, that album, like, Closing Time is the uh-huh. first track on it, ironically. Uh-huh. But, dude, that album, uh, Feeling Strangely Fine. Uh-huh. It's a good record. All the way through. Okay. You, you can sit, like, uh, I think my favorite song on it probably is either uh, a song called California. Okay. Or, uh, let's see, Singing In My Sleep Is Good. But, uh... This will be my year is probably like my favorite one, and that that dude's writing is like just pure fucking poetry, dude. <laughs> like uh, he's got a line and singing in my sleep. He says uh, it's like I'm singing up to a capulet in a a capulet in a in a balcony in my mind. And I was like, throw back to Shakespeare, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get it out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. And I mean, there's no way, you know, I, I will ne- I will die before I've digested all the music that has come out before. You know what I'm saying? There's oh, yeah. There's no way. So, like, you know, I don't... I don't really have a lot of patience if it's, like, I'm really into the indie music scene. Mm-hmm. Anything coming out of Birmingham, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm partial to Alabama. I'm mm-hmm. also partial to Mississippi. And I'm paying attention, like, boots on the ground, like, with I've a band out of Mississippi. I like Grits and Green right now. I think they're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, MS Paint. I've... Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We could uh, go on and on. The blips, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, even singer songwriters, uh, Early James or Abe Partridge. But I'm partial to that kind. But like, I don't have any. I don't. I don't care like about what's on your pop radio. Like I, I like. Yeah, we brought you know, up. We, we brought up. We brought up Taylor Swift earlier. Yeah, yeah. I prefer Ryan Adams' 1989. Okay, I I, <laughs> I can't say that, but I mean I don't like Taylor Swift either. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm actually a little bit of the opposite. Maybe I, you know, I have one person who I trust to show me new music. Uh, Robert Burton. He's the only guy that I, I trust oh, to show. Shout me out, music. dude. Yeah, Robert Burton. And you know, but I mean, he's kind of a, um, he's a little bit of, you know, he's a pop bitch. So, you know, he's shown me some Doja Cat stuff that I like. I you know, spice. I'm not going out. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going out and buying this music. You know, I'm not going out and like. I mean, I don't have streaming services, so I don't, you know, listen to music on Spotify. I don't have any of that. So, you know, but he'll, like, we'll be at the house kicking it, and 
He'll throw it on. He'll put it on YouTube up on the TV. You know, yeah. I love that Best Friends by Sweetie and Doja Cat song. You know, but I mean, again, I'm not, I'm, I've heard it five, six times my whole life. You know, I'm not going home. I'm not like listening to it. You know, like, so, but I, I respect it. Like, I, you know, and I do think it's a lot more interesting than a lot of the, you know, more lazy stuff. You know, I don't know. I mean, you know, to me, that's at least, I'm kind of the type, like, I want it to be provo- If I'm going to listen to it now, like I want it to be pretty provocative, whether that be sexual or, you know, I mean, often it's sexual, you know. But I mean, I've always kind of been a little a hip hop boy. You I mean I, you know, I was at 13 years old, you know, at Lee Middle, middle school, Columbus, Mississippi. Like I've, I, you know, I've listened to more like, you know, hip hop since then than anything. Who, and that's, uh, you know, who's some of your favorites? Um. Well, my I, who, I mean, who has the best flow? <laughs> I mean, Big Boy's hard to mess with. Yeah, dude. I, like, I've it's got, really, really hard to mess with. That's uh, a good catalog. Out- Outcast, that Outcast catalog. Uh, I liked it when they worked with UGK. Atlanta was special. Oh yeah, International Players Anthem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, I always liked the flow of Big Boy mm-hmm. and Andre, and I thought like them great two, team, man. Them two working together. Oh, it's unreal, man. Yeah, and that first record, Southern Playlist of Cadillac Music. I mean, that comes out. When they're 18, so I mean they're 18, spitting their brains out. You know, some of the goody mobs on some of it. You know, CeeLo Green, etc. That's st- I mean, get up, get out. I still listen to that stuff. Um, I love. I mean, Equimini, Atlians, Stank on you. You know, I love it all. Um, you know, I love. I mean, Illmatic by Nas. That's a big one for me. I've listened to that a lot for the last 10 years. You know. Um, maybe even more than that by now. I don't, you know. They, uh, that is, uh, Outkast is one of the few, of uh, like, hip-hop albums that I actually have on vinyl. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, like, I, I have a lot of hip-hop on CD. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm really into it, I'm going to try, I'm try, I'm gonna try yeah, to find yeah, a vinyl. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I don't own a lot of hip-hop on LP. I think, I mean, I own some Ice Cube Max, I think, has some public enemy, but I'm a CD guy a lot of the time. I mean, I you know I listen to CDs. Nice to have it in your car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I you know I listen to CDs predominantly now. Um, But I mean, I buy LPs. I still I still listen to vinyl at home sometimes. Um, But yeah, definitely. So you know, like me listening to Doja Cat or you know. Bitch Better Have My Money by Rihanna. That's a good track. I heard that again the other day. It's the first time I heard that in three or four years. And I was like, this is a good track. That's, you know. But again, it's not stuff, you know. I don't know, but I'm also the type, you know, I can do that with a lot. Like, I don't have to, you know, just wear something out, you know. Like, it's kind of nice to moderate. Like, you know, let me... You know, let me get this Yola Tango album that came out in 86, listen to it a couple times, put it down, I'll pick it up three, four months from now. You know, it's, it's it's a lot. I mean, it's like kind of a, you know, it's a healthier. I mean, I don't, you know, you don't get tired of it. Like, you know, that's that's what, like, yeah. people just blow through stuff. And it's like, yeah, man, you're, you know, you're literally listening to it 40 times. You know, don't get me wrong. I do that. I've probably listened to Miss Jackson by Outkast. I guarantee you maybe over a thousand times in my life, honestly. Maybe more, honestly. But... You know, it's good to not do that too. You know? it. Imagine if it if it, it com- hit again the first time. I would I couldn't even imagine. It, it comes to me in spells with things like that. I'm the same way. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you how many times I've heard it. Yeah, uh, I'm that way about the Dexatines. I'm that way about mm-hmm. drive by truckers. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I don't want to call it a rut because I really like it when I'm there. Mm-hmm. But like there will be like two weeks out of the year to where that's all I'm going to ingest. Right, right, right. And then like, you know, maybe you and I are having a conversation, be like, oh man, I've been in this, and I was like, okay, and it kind of it broadens me out a little bit, and I get out of it. But yeah, like I I will come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I'll always come back to the good stuff, man. I mean, what else have I been listening to? Um, uh, the Feelies, which is a band from New Jersey that I've I've been into them a few for a few years now. They just put out a new live record from a couple. It's a performance from a couple years ago, and it's a to, it's a Velvet Underground cover set. So it's all Velvet Underground songs, and I mean I love Velvet Underground. I've, like, I was going to ask you about Drone Rock. I, I love it. Oh yeah, I mean we wouldn't you know we would not be the type of band we are without Velvet Underground. I mean we really I mean that you know and I cannot tell you how often that band comes up in practice. I put like, you on somebody of out of Hamilton, Alabama. Does Drone Rock, Kai and the Heretics. Kai and the Heretics, or Heretics. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, <coughs> Velvet Underground, um, uh, Spaceman 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Hattendale, but obviously know the name. Heavy, heavy influence, mm-hmm. and it's all that, that Drone Rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, Psych stuff. Yeah, and even go back to uh, oh, Frank Zappa. Yeah, you know, and that's one that I've never done. I probably will. I will before I die, but I've never, yeah. you know. I mean, I know about Violent it. Films. Yes, I've got that. Whatever the record that uh, Blister in the Sun is on, it's a good record. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a really, really good college alternative rock record. You know, it's a good, it's a good record. I can't remember the name of it, but again, that's one that I, you know, feel like I bought on CD, listened to it three or four times, maybe two years ago, and it's just waiting for me. You know, I'll pick it up again at some point. But yeah. there's so much stuff, man. But uh, yeah, I've been listening to that Feelies Velvet Underground a lot. Um, I listen to the Velvet Underground a lot too. I mean, the Lou Reed stuff, solo Lou Reed. I love Lou Reed. Um, Where are you at of like maybe on the daily, like getting older, working? Like, how much time do you give yourself for your instrument, for your tool on a daily basis? Um, it becomes hard to have a healthy practice regimen. Yeah. You know? uh, I, I mean, I lay down in bed and I'll practice guitar, you know. A lot. I mean, you know, whether it's like 15 minutes, whether it's 30 minutes, whether it's an hour, very rarely is it an hour. I need to get better about that. But, you know, any repetition is good. So, you know, I try to positively affirm myself, you know. Um, What do you like to do? Noodle? Late? You know, I feel like ever since the pandemic, you know, because, I mean, we couldn't play out whenever that happened. So I bought a nylon string, like a 70s Yamaha basically a classical guitar nylon string and uh i've played that since then that's really the only guitar that i pick up yeah. outside of practice pra- you know if i'm practicing with the band i play you know my strat or my sg or something but uh that yamaha and often man i mean i'm writing you know a lot of times i'm you know if i'm playing it i'm often working on something new you know i've I mean, i've got a pretty large batch of new songs um for me, you know, I feel like because I don't. Um, Does I guess, it start on that nylon for you, or is it? Oh yeah, all of them. Yeah, every one of them. Every one of them start on the nylon. I have a '70s Yamaha 12 string acoustic too that I do play sometimes. Um, it's really really cool too, but I play the nylon more. But uh, yeah, pretty much all that stuff. You know, I listened to a lot of Jonathan Richmond a few years ago, so I was just he does that. I mean, he has a lot of he plays nylon string guitar a lot and. Uh, 
And he's like kind of a coming, you know, I mean, he's a teenager, so, and he was, you know, from Boston. He was going to Velvet Underground shows, you know, in the late 60s, so he's kind of that, you know, a little bit of a second wave Velvet Underground. I mean, he's got a great catalog. I'd never listened to it until a couple of years ago. I'd heard some of the Modern Lover stuff, Roadrunner, obviously it's in School of Rock with Jack Black. Um, so, that, you know, I know, knew some of the hits, but listened to a lot of that, and that, you know, I, that's how I'll do, I guess. I, and then I'll just start writing, you know, and I'll come up with six songs. I'll just be like, man, I love this stuff. Or I love this doo-wop stuff. Let me, you know, write yeah. six songs that are kind of like this, you know. What do you make of, like, uh, the digital world that we're in now to where, like, the formula to where you drop a single, mm-hmm. two weeks, three weeks, maybe a month, drop another single. Mm-hmm. Two weeks, three weeks, another month, drop another single, mm-hmm. then the album release. Is that Does that kind of drive you crazy or are you with it or is it just kind of, well, it's, it's just where we are? It's just just where we are. You know, I mean, I love to do, and, like, you know, we did music videos. That's the first time we've ever done music videos. We did those, we did three music videos. Enjoyed them, dude. Uh, Shout out Dylan Dylan Scott. Scott, Yeah, all of them with Dylan Scott. We wouldn't have made them otherwise. I mean, it's, you know, we're lucky to have, you know, and we love working with people. I love the one when y'all were in the classroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that was, that was fun. Yeah, that was, that was a fun one to make. I mean, all of them were really cool. He was really down. You know, we recorded all those on DV cameras, so Max bought the same not the same exact camera but the same model camera that david lynch used to record inland empire it's a dv camera digital video um but i mean it's tapes but it's digital video but i mean you can, it look i mean it looks like it feel me yeah right 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 so when we we're very specific you know we were like you know dylan this is how we want to do this we're not doing it otherwise you know we're not going to do it any other way and uh you know that was fun uh, you know i mean i kind of wish I don't necessarily see why we couldn't do it, but, I mean, it's, I guess, over my head. You know, it's like, I mean, Max handled a lot of that. The label handled all of that. But, you know, used to you would put out a single, then you'd put out the record, and then you would put out singles after the record comes out to promote the lifespan of the record. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it doesn't, it, not new songs. I mean, songs that are on the record. Like, you could have been listening to them for four months now but they right. just get like, radio play have you slept on this yeah <laughs> right right you know i you know but um and the whole thing like the way the industry has changed like just talking with uh friends of mine like own labels uh-huh. and you'll have like uh i don't even think magazines is really a right word for it online magazine like uh-huh. they might pick your album up and you you'll okay we want this to be a single and they get first dips. Mm-hmm. Like, they drop it, and they're almost acting as if, like... They control it. They control right, it. Right, And, like, you, you don't have any control over it until, like, a amount of time has passed since that happened. I'm like, what a weird place we're in right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, people say it's changed, and it has a little bit, but, you know, like, the major labels controlled a lot of stuff, too. You know, and I think the problem is is that... The internet was framed as a um, equal access avenue, like yeah. more access. Like, look, we don't have to rely on these major labels. We have it. Well, but like, okay, well now we rely on the tech companies. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that might be worse, honestly. Napster really broke a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. They kind they kind of pioneered and like you know breaking away from like a Warner Brothers or a Sony. Type. Yeah, but they they became the same thing. Yeah, you know, Spotify is just the new Warner Brothers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Fair it's like, enough. So it's no, I mean, they control everything too. So, you know, I don't, I don't know, man. And I don't read online. 
blogs or, you know, getting press. Like, I mean, we, you know, our record, I guess, has gotten a little press, but, like, I don't, I don't know anything about that. I don't, you know, I don't know, man. You know, once, I, I don't know. You know, I teach now, so I really like having that separation. You know, I mean, I, that's, yeah. I kind of consider myself like a teacher who plays music, you know. But, I mean, I'm, I consider myself an artist, and, like, it's a, it's a really, you know, I'll never stop doing that. But, like, the, you know, it's just, like, really liberating to, like, I just trust that people are going to like it. And that might me be me being naive, but, like, you know, because I'm not, I'm not trying to con anybody. I'm not trying to make money off you. You know, I'm not trying to lie to you. I'm just making this as like an artistic expression, you know, so I trust that that still resonates with people, you know, it's a weird thing to do. And, you know, you're taught to like side hustle and market yourself, you know, all that crap, whatever, oh, which gotta, I get it. I mean, that is kind of how to succeed in the United States. You gotta be a, you gotta be an influencer. Right. Right. Now, and I get that, but like, I'm not, I don't play that game. I would rather go work for the government. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'd rather, you know, I don't, I mean, it's just too much, and, and you lose some, you know, you just lose, I don't know, man, I mean, if you're, yeah, you're just kind of snake oil salesman, you know, I just can't, I can't buy that, I don't, you know, I personally don't respond to that type of marketing, you know, like, just myself, so I'm not going to engage in it, you know, but I mean, we got, we're on Instagram now, Yeah. Wait, this is the first time we've ever been on Instagram, Yeah. you know, I mean, I've been on Instagram personally, but like the band, you know, we've never really had any type of social. That's media one thing I noticed. Like it's like y'all just if you want to find us, come see us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you, you know, you kind of have to do that stuff, and it's not. I mean, it's not the end of the world. But like, you know, I don't know. I like I like word of mouth. Any uh, any upcoming shows? Are y'all gonna wait till the summertime or what's up? We're playing. Um, we're actually playing tomorrow, November 9th, in Greenwood, Mississippi. I've never played in Greenwood. Interesting. Yeah. They messaged us. So. What kind of scene? Like, where are you going to be playing? No at? idea. I think a theater or something. I'm not sure. Cool. I don't, you know, but it'll, it'll be, I mean, I, you know, I like playing around Mississippi. I like, you know, I've played in uh, Cleveland, Mississippi. I've never played Greenwood. So, you know, but I mean, I kind of both Delta. Um. That's an interesting spot, too, because, mm-hmm. like, some of these areas, like, I think of, like, a Clarksdale. And, no, hate mm-hmm. toward these. Uh, we have played Clarksdale, too. I've had a, we had a fun time it, in Clarksdale. Is, but sometimes, like, it's hard to get in if you're not playing the blues. Yeah, it's, well, it's a tourist town. It's yeah. It's essentially a tourist town, yeah. But, I mean, I did we, – we played with Calvin Johnson over there one time, and it was, it was cool. I mean, you know, it wasn't a lot of people, but it was a cool space. I mean, they seemed happy with it. Yeah. Um, Shack up in kind of thing? No, I can't remember the name of that place either, man. It wasn't Ground Zero or anything, you know. It wasn't anything yeah. like that. But it was a good. I mean, it was a good vibe. Um. This episode of Porch Talk is also sponsored by Manscaped. You can go to manscaped.com and at checkout use promo code Porch Talk, all one word. Porch Talk, all one word. Receive twenty percent off your total purchase order, and get free shipping. I'll. Manscaped sent me the performance package 4.0 that comes with their beard trimmer, uh, the weed whacker, which is for those unsightly ear and nose hairs, and then the lawnmower, which is for you downstairs. It also comes with the crop preserver and the crop reviver. Uh, that is for um, that's for your genitalia, their their boys. 
Uh, it'll keep you from, uh, if you've ever been in the south in the summer, uh, you know a little bit about how it feels down there. And those two wonderful products will uh, help you feeling cool and keep you smelling good so you don't smell like a foot. So go to manscaped.com. And if they are the leading company when it comes to men's grooming, they also, the performance package comes with the most comfortable pair of underwear I've ever owned. So if you have never given Manscaped a try, I highly recommend them. You can go to manscaped.com, use Porch Talk as your promo code at checkout, receive 20% off your total purchase order, and uh, man, just look at my beard. If that says anything about them, should say it all. I got the best beard around, no doubt about it. Now, back to the show. We're doing a run in December. I think we're doing Atlanta, Nashville, Memphis, um, like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday thing. And that's in the middle of December. Like I know one of those shows is on the 15th. I don't know which one. but uh, And then December 2nd or 3rd or something, we're playing at the Firehouse in Birmingham. It's a good lineup. Oh, Eric Wallace, shout mm-hmm. out, buddy. Yeah, yep. Yeah, they uh, good supporters out there, dude. Yeah, it'll be a good time. We yeah, we have a good time in Birmingham. Yeah, I love Birmingham. Mm-hmm. We played Mom's Basement a couple months ago. It was a good time. I want to switch gears with you. Okay. Tell me about them Lakers. <laughs> What's going on around here? Uh, well, we got a little bit of the injury bug. We're three and four. Um, you know, LeBron teams start slow. You know, that's just I'd say since since the second Cleveland stint. LeBron teams kind of start slow. You, you know, we have some consistency from last year, but we also we have a totally new scheme. They're running a five-out scheme instead of a four-out. I mean, I know a lot about this stuff, sadly. Uh, you know, <laughs> last year we ran it. Last season we ran a four four-out one ends uh, with essentially Anthony Davis being the sole center last year. Um, whereas this year we have center depth. You know, we have Christian Wood coming off the bench. Um, he should be starting some of the time. Honestly. I gotta tell you, buddy, uh, not a LeBron fan, but like just because I'm in proximity of you and like we get to talk basketball, mm-hmm. uh, he has become easier for me to watch and I cannot take anything from him about being an outstanding athlete. Oh, yeah, year 21, man. Year 21, and I don't know if you watched that Clippers game the other day, but that was a master class. Man. I think I saw a couple of uh, Twitter tweets or mm-hmm. X or whatever the hell they're calling <laughs> the damn thing it now. These days, yeah. But it's it's uh it's it's fun to uh, that's that's that damn bird app is still my favorite. Cause, yeah, and I, I love NBA Twitter. Yeah, I yeah, love NBA, NBA like, Twitter. and I'm, yes. I'm glad like uh, I'm glad I follow you because like I was like. <laughs> some of the some some of the some of the videos and things uh-huh, that you share is uh-huh. like I wouldn't have seen this otherwise. Right, right. Man, I love the NBA, man. I don't know, you know. I I just love basketball. It's how'd, a great that, sport. how'd that start for you? I mean, I've always had a little bit of a passing interest, you know. I mean, well, I like I don't you know I remember reading the commercial dispatch when LeBron, when not LeBron, when Michael Jordan came out of retirement to play for the Wizards. I remember reading the commercial dispatch, and I vaguely remember watching some games with him on the Wizards, but I vividly remember, like, I would read, you know, the recap in the commercial dispatch the next day or whatever, you know. And so, you know, and then when LeBron was coming up, I mean, because I guess that's 
What a freak of nature, dude. Yeah, and I bought a pair of LeBron ones his first year, his rookie year. At when I was at Lee Middle, I bought a pair of LeBron ones. Man, still got them. I just felt no, sadly, it's way outrun. You know what they say about them shoes though? What? It's like, and I know I've I've got close friends of mine who are just sneakerheads, mm-hmm. but it's almost if you don't wear them, it's like they rot. Yeah, I bet they do, man. Yeah. And I was you like, might as well, I mean, if you well, own you, them, you got to wear them. Yeah. And he's like, well, you going to put them on the wear them around the house? I know you don't want to get them dirty, but. <laughs> I don't have any LeBrons anymore. I'm a Jordan man now. Um, I would I would get a pair of LeBron ones, though. But, I mean, yeah. Obviously, you know, and just how, you know, I don't know, man. I'm someone who likes uh, consistency. So, you know, I find a lot of peace, you know, that I've watched LeBron James play basketball for 20 years, you know, 21 years now. And that's a long time man yeah. and it's nice I don't think people you know we live in the south you know or Columbus in general too man people are not basketball fans around here you know people are I didn't know. become a basketball fan until I was in Mobile mm-hmm. and uh, an old roommate of mine was just a huge NBA fan mm-hmm. and uh, he was a Houston Rocket guy okay wow man And uh, but he was from Texas okay yeah and uh, like after we had lived together for like six months, maybe a year, he was like, you ever been to an NBA game? And I was like, man, I, I, I could probably count on two hands like how m- many minutes I've watched. watched of, right, right. Of and he was like, would you, would, you, would, you, would you consider going to a New Orleans Pelican game? Right, and I was right. like, dude, I'm down. Mm-hmm. That was the year Boogie and AD. Yes, it yeah, was. Man. Yes, it was. Yeah, man, I mean, if Boogie doesn't and go I was down. And ho- I was hooked ever since. And, dude, like, we would go on to, like, we – we went to a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, Rajon Rondo, you know, that's one of my favorite players I've ever watched, that dude. Man. Yeah. And he was a great point guard on that. And I think Drew Holiday was on that Drew team, Drew Holiday too. Yeah, for man. a time. And that was a balling yeah. team. That was a good team, man. Yeah, you know, I don't know, you know. And I, mean, I used to be a huge football fan. I mean, just like absolutely – I, mean, I was a huge Brett Favre fan as a kid, so like I followed the Packers. I followed the Packers until Eli Manning goes into the pros, and then I start because you know I was a huge Ole Miss fan. Boy, so. he was the curse of the Patriots. Yes, he was. But you know, ever since Eli Manning retired, that was twenty nineteen, maybe. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Um, I really, you know, I don't know. You know, I just don't. You know, there's just nothing for me really out there. You know, I mean, I'm a defensive. I love defense. That's kind of. I mean, you know, there's been some cool. I'm sure. I'm sure someone could argue against me if they know. You know, if they've watched more football over the last few years than I have. But like, I don't know. It just didn't feel the same. A lot faster. You know, whereas. You know that I don't know that play. You know, I know people talk about people talk say. You know, people criticize the NBA for the same thing I'm criticizing the NFL for. But like. Man, playoff intensity basketball, man, that stuff is still pretty baller. Like, you know, it, it's really physical. Like, you know, I know people act like people are soft, but I just think those are people who don't watch ball. They don't watch the games. You know, they're just chirping, yeah. tweeting away. Um, so, you know, I mean, I loved, I guess, what one of the last Super Bowls I paid attention to. I guess it was the NFC Championship for the, the Saints against the Rams and the – that pass interference call against that dude. Oh, uh, yeah, that was some bullshit. Right. Well, but, that. see, I was pro them not calling that. Yeah. Because I want them to hit each other. Yeah. You know, but because, like, I don't know if the ref starts deciding games. It just gets, you know. Yeah, I don't like that. I ain't with that. Yeah. Let, um, let them play. 
but I watch a lot of basketball now. I mean, I you know I'd watch some baseball. I mean, I watch a lot of not. I mean, I predominantly watch the Lakers, but I, I, mean, I watch a lot of teams. I really you know there's young talent in the league that is really cool. I love that Anthony Edwards guy who plays for the Timberwolves. He's I mean, fun. Oh my God, man, he he's is fun. a real baller. Um, Wimbenyana, I, I mean, you know he's already special. You know who knows what he'll do. You know who knows like the sky's the limit. Um. You know, had an okay time watching that Grizzlies team last year, but damn, they are – it's over. It's, it appears it's over. to be. It yeah, appears Brian to be. ended them, I think. I think Brian, Brian and the Lakers pretty much ended that. Took it all down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, you know, I, yeah, music and basketball. Right on. Music, man. basketball, and teaching. Yeah, you that's know? your gig. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. brother, uh, just to uh, walk it out of the door, uh, Mags 2 by Harder Road. It's available anywhere, right? That you you would like to put mm-hmm. your earphones. A lot in. of yeah. I mean yeah. Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, probably. I wonder if it's on title. Someone should let me know if it's on title. None of us have title, so none of us know. But I would love for it to be on title. Right on. Uh, well, Toby, uh, anything else you'd like to add or subtract for? Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. Always a pleasure. Yeah, you know? and Mister uh, Victor Rude says hello as well, man. Oh he's, man, you know Shut he's hanging, he's lurking in the shadows, but he, you know, he knew I was doing this. He said to tell you hello, and he also told me to tell all you W gals, oh man, hello. Shout out to Victor Rude. We're out of here. Thank you so much, Toby.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.